Alright, what's up, listeners? Welcome to Predator vs. Movies. Um, so, uh, I'm Alex. <laughs> that's, that's how Priscilla not even what talks in the movie. Yeah. No, that's how Priscilla talks in the movie. I'm Aiden. Yeah. Uh, no, no Peter or Scylla? No Neither Peter or here. Scylla. And yeah. this is a podcast where we discuss well, she's, she's the latest. She's keeping the home fire's burden, that's what she's she doing. She is. Put the yeah. burden real low. Uh, <laughs> so it's getting real low. Uh, and we're going to review the latest movie releases. Uh, we'll start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film, and then we'll ask the most important question, would this movie be better if Colonel Tom Parker was in it? Uh, I just right. mean... Just kidding. Who is the I'm Predator? <laughs> who is the Predator? <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is uh, my regular voice, and this is... Uh, we're going to ask if the movie would be, would be better if the alien from Predator was in it. This week, we're going to be reviewing... Uh, Priscilla, uh, the For latest sure. movie by Sofia Coppola. Uh, but before we do so, we have some news and a new segment uh, that in I... the news category. Yeah, new to me too. I, I'm learning about this live. <laughs> and, and I'm figuring it out on the fly. So this is called Quick Bites, or it is for now. Sound mm-hmm. drop for me, Aiden? <laughs> Yes! That's what I was looking for. Uh, So this is a segment where I just give you a headline, and you react in one word. We already do that. I I know, but I should should actually, next time, because you can see them, so you might have read them, but next time I'll hide them from you, and so it'll be okay. Okay, Okay, I like this. So the, the first quick bite for you, from Hollywood Reporter, two sequels for the movie Fall are in the works. No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> How? That's two words. How? That's two How words. is the first question? A selection of one-word answers. Yeah. Uh, I guess she just climbs the tower. <laughs> they keep doing it. <laughs> She's like, this time I gotta get up there. I'll figure it out. This yeah. time I'm gonna fall. Uh, next quick bite for you. Variety says that Joe Biden got scared of AI after watching Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Awesome. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Good. Yeah, good. Uh, And that concludes our segment. Uh, It was quick. Um, Our next bit of news, this is a full-fledged piece of news. Uh, I'm back at it. The headline I have uh, crafted here is that Marvel is fucked. Yeah. Uh, I forget who did this piece, and maybe I'll look it up. But uh, basically, there was like an article that said there was kind of like some insider information about the panic going on at Marvel Studios, yeah. and it listed all sorts of issues they've had. And there was a, I think, it, okay, okay. So here's what happened: there was a, a meeting, yeah. as they usually do. They've been doing this for years, uh, mm-hmm. but this meeting was different because it was a panic-filled meeting. Um, and in it, they, they were trying to figure out how to write the ship, essentially. And some of the ideas that came out of this included reconsidering Kang as the central villain of the multiverse saga um, and pivoting to a new character such as Doctor Doom, who has yet to be introduced in the MCU, or bringing the original Avengers back and reviving Iron Man and Black Widow to do a new Avenger. I don't know what that would be, but uh, that's... Those are those are some of the things they were considering to pivot to, uh, but there yeah. are some other issues, such as Blade has been in continual development hell, uh, constant rewrites of the script. Uh, at one point, there was a a version where Blade 
played by Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali, was the fourth lead of his, of his eponymous film, uh, which is just insane to me. Uh, luckily, is now being written by the writer of Logan, so hopefully that will be fixed. But anyways, uh, yeah. what do you think about all this, Aiden? They need God. That's my take. When I read the headline about uh, Iron Man and Black Widow being resurrected, my first thought was literally just that the the higher powers have left us. We're no longer <laughs> we're not, like this is this is bad. We need a we need divine intervention here. Yeah, uh, this uh, is bad. This is bad stuff. Uh, like I mean, I will say about the blade thing. I also saw a tweet from someone who apparently who I mean it's twitter and like maybe it's not true but it seemed like they were a real writer and they said like they never saw a version of the script they worked on blade scripts and they never saw a version of the script that he was the fourth lead of and so like that might be that might be exaggerated a little bit or maybe the guy i saw is not being accurate i don't whatever but like i think regardless i i do it's also kind of an auspicious day because i do think mcu is dying and I think that's yeah. good. I think I think they're done. <laughs> so what you're saying is we should celebrate. In fact, we should celebrate. I do think we should celebrate. Are you pulling your props? Stall, stall, stall. Uh, yeah. So I just think that like considering. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, you didn't yeah. need to stall that long. I'll put that away later. Yeah. Uh, so I did look up. Uh, it is, in fact, by Variety who, who did that report. just want to give credit where it's due. Yeah. Uh, but also, there was a, a little um, leak, a tidbit, from, from Twitter user... <clears throat> so, uh, apologies. From Twitter user My Time to Shine Hello, who has had some things right in the past. Dubious. I'm not sure if I yeah. fully trust them. But uh, they said that RDJ has reportedly already agreed to return as Tony Stark. So yes. if, if that is to believe... Uh, it may already be on That way. sucks, man. That actually sucks for RDJ, too, because it's like you're in, you got back into being in real movies, man. Right? Stay there. Yeah. Stay there. <laughs> Stay where you I are. Mean, he will, there's a chance that he wins Best Supporting Actor yeah. at the Academy Awards <laughs> for his I think work he, at he deserves a nomination for sure. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, so it's, it's fucked that they have to do that. And frankly, like, I don't even, what would you even do? with the returning Avengers, like... His arc is done. Like, what would he... Yeah. Like, what would he... There's no room for him to go. (laughs) And I, like, like, I understand bringing back the most charismatic lead, like, the person you were hanging the franchise on. Like, that makes sense. But, like, the original Avengers were, like, fine. You know? Like, I don't think it was... I don't think that was the successful yes. X factor. Like, I don't think we need to bring back Hawkeye. I don't think people are going to be like, oh my god, Hawkeye is back. Oh my god, the and Hulk honestly, is back. You know, like, even Black Widow, like, people don't, like... Right? People like Iron Man. People grew to like Thor. We, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else, are we, what else are we talking about here? Clear, you know? Like, I think... I don't think superheroes are going to be around much longer just based on the market and like what's been happening but um what i will say is that there is a way forward and it is just like kind of like you need to stop yeah i think you just need to stop for a second like think yeah i think i think honestly i don't know if there's a way for forward for the mcu as it is like 
No. I honestly think maybe the best thing to do is just hard reboot as soon as possible and focus on crafting coherent, legible yes. stories by people who have like invested interests, like trying to recreate the magic yeah. of Guardians would be a good idea. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my advice to Marvel I, Studios. I agree. And I would say like, you know, just uh, just make a good movie. And I would say, and make movies too. Like stop with mm-hmm. all this like, stop with starting to branch it and try to, trying to keep everyone in one place with every show. Like I would say if Marvel wants to do well, impose a strict one movie every three years rule and mm. like take time to make a few movies and if they're good they'll do well if you just market yeah. them well you know what i mean yeah it's like the star wars brand how that got like muddled down because we yeah. were getting one every year so the anticipation wore down they also just yeah. weren't very good a lot of right. the time or you know they maybe they were fine but they weren't yeah. what we were hoping for uh yeah, yeah. and i'd say <clears throat> uh there was a common complaint early on i just wanted to bring this up um, that an issue with the multiverse saga post Endgame was that it felt directionless and that people were like, what's the Thanos? What's going on? And initially I, I responded to that with, like kind of being like defending and being like, no, like think back to phase one. Like there was no overarching plan. It was here's Iron Man, here's Thor, right? Like mm-hmm. here's, we're just kind of introducing characters and those are self-contained stories. But thinking back on it, I actually do think that it's a, it's a genie kind of situation. You've turned it into a serialized cross-movie yeah. continuity experiment. A very you can't expensive put the genie, TV show. Yeah, so you can't yeah. put the genie back in the bottle and go back to sure. things that are have no meaning, right? right. Everyone's going to be wondering, what is the next Thanos? What is, so who's Kang, right? And I just think, I guess also, like, if you think about Phase 1 in a different way, it did have a clear direction. It was setting up the Avengers. Yeah. So you had every movie was, this is an Avenger, this is an Avenger, this is an Avenger. Here are the Avengers. Whereas this multiverse saga, it's the or phase, whatever, phase four and phase, phase I think we're in five now. Yeah. It's like, where are we going with this? We don't, we are missing an Avengers movie, which is probably another really big issue. Yeah. Why have we not had an intermediary? There sh- they should have done Avengers. They need to Five come together. before Kang. Yeah. Right? I think that's a huge issue is that we just have no idea who the Avengers are. And yeah. frankly, I don't think well, it's also, Marvel knows who the Avengers are. Even if they didn't do an Avengers movie where they all meet up, some of them have to meet. Like, they just yeah. have to... We have to have an idea that these people, like, know... Like, there is a connection. We have to have an idea that connections are forming. And yeah. I guess they're kind of doing that with the Marvels coming out next. But unfortunately, I yes. won't be yep. watching that. <laughs> so that, that is the thing with that. Yeah, I can think of one sh- one movie where they did that, and that was Spider Man, where they had the connection with Doctor oh, Strange. True. Yeah. Other than that, I can't think of many. And I think they another issue they just introduced way too many new characters instead of focusing on the ones we know. Yeah. And that caused problems. The middle TV shows. And they didn't care shows. enough about them. Yeah. They didn't put right, enough care like, into any of them. So all of those characters are like what like moon knight is gonna is gonna run it like coming up like who who do we have like yeah i don't care about any of these people because all of their properties suck ass I d- <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> I, I, yeah the tv shows are their own separate issue just like 
it's it the list of things you have to watch to keep up is building yes and as the as those items of content those checklist items grow each one is getting worse and worse and less mm-hmm. enjoyable to watch like by itself as a as its own entity and so people very quickly were like i'm just i can't invest that much time into this because it's not good i'm not yeah. investing time into something like you're saying like it'll all add up to something but i'm not seeing it in the here and now and so it, this is just not worth my time um Speaking of which, we got a trailer <laughs> for Echo, trailer. the Ooh. new Marvel series, yeah. Marvel's Andor. Some people are saying we're in the trailer. Thank you, we're the trailer now, part. Did you hear people say that this is gonna be Marvel's Andor? <laughs> I did not hear that, but I Insanity. disagree. I, yeah. I like I saw a lot of people like, getting very hyped about this trailer, and it's like, no, 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 I know. <laughs> no. Like, no. Like I said some things, but I'll I'll yeah. like to our group chat, and so I'll, I'll kind of explain that. It doesn't look uh, bad, as, but it... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Marvel's Andor thing, I definitely said that about Secret Invasion. That was what my hope mm. for what it was. I didn't end up watching it, but I heard terrible things. Yeah. So I think, the, I think the, the, the difference, though, is like that show had potential to be a Marvel's Andor. The issue yeah. is that Marvel is not in the business of creating Andors. It no. is in the business of churning out as much schlock as possible. Anyways... Yeah. There was a trailer. So this is the Echo spin-off series from the Hawkeye television. Sorry. Yes. From the Hawkeye television series and a spin-off of Netflix's Daredevil. Yes. Sure. Some in in a way. Yeah. Anyways, so this is going to follow the character of Echo, uh, an indigenous Marvel character uh, who <clears throat> has uh uh, like a relationship to Kingpin, I think he was like kind of like a surrogate father to her. Um, yeah, she was kind of like working sort of with him in the yeah. Hawkeye show. I watched the Hawkeye show, and legitimately, that's one of my favorite Marvel shows. Really? So, yeah. Wouldn't <laughs> so have I guessed. can I can, I can fill in some gaps. That one was one of my favorite ones that I did watch. That was easily a top tier <laughs> one for me. Okay, just sidebar. Like, what are your, what are your favorites? <laughs> uh, I liked. Well, we 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 rated them at one point on the pod. But I know, I liked, but I don't remember. I I liked Hawkeye a lot. I liked She Hulk from what I saw more than a lot of the other ones. Um, and then I liked Wandavision, and I think I literally don't like any of them at all other than mm. that. I think like, I think my esteem of She Hulk has diminished with time. Mm. I've kind of I that was in my like defending era. Like, sure. no guys, no guys, it's good, it's good. But then like thinking back on it, I was like, man, that was so forced. I didn't, I didn't love it. I it's not a great like show, it. but I'm just thinking about like shows that I did like. Like just on some yeah. level, there were things I liked. Yeah. Like, I I just like I have some respect for this show. Uh, <laughs> so there was that one, and then a Hawkeye like. Just something about it. I was like, this is actually kind of fun. You like the, like, <laughs> like Thanos was right? Show. I like that Thanos was right. <laughs> I like that he's in the... Uh, I like that he's peeing in the urinal. I like... I like... That, that episode with the Thanos was right and the musical, genuinely, yeah. I thought was really fun and, like, a good I, idea to yeah, like, expand I, the world. I must think it's a great show, but don't get me no. wrong here. Like, I'm not... I would never ride or die for Hawkeye. I just, uh... <laughs> I, that was one of my preferred MCU shows out of all of them. Yeah. Anyway, so Echo. Uh, so she has. Um, uh, well, let's just talk about the trailer as it is first of yeah. all. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are that there are select moments that there. Well, well, I would say like mm, 
70 to 80 percent of the trailer looks exactly like every other uh, Marvel Disney Plus series, like the exact same mm-hmm. kind of like quality. Uh, Except they've turned it. the saturation down. Well, well, I'll just get to that. So, yeah. like, like the fight scenes <laughs> look the exact same. Like the fight scenes have no distinction from any other fight scene I've seen in the the cornucopia of Disney Plus mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, a bad cornucopia, um, but maybe twenty to ten percent of the trailer, maybe even five percent. I don't know, <laughs> but like the, some amount was actually like I was like, oh, oh. Like there was a couple shots where where I was genuinely like, oh that that's a real shot. Someone actually yeah. someone actually did a shot there. Sure. Uh, one one that really stuck in my mind is the dead body upside down with like the blood dripping from his eyes. That's like that's like a thing oh, that looks actually cool. Mm. Um, some of the things I think there's also like a, another percentage. <laughs> I'm not gonna try and guess <laughs> how much, but um, that is like very clearly trying to achieve cool. And it's yes. failing, and I it was also, like, "I see what you're attempting here." Like there was a black and white moment, and I was like, "I know what you're going yes. for. Like you think this is cool, but it it's bad. Like you didn't also, do a good job." Composing. It looks to me like it's trying to be what the Netflix Daredevil show was, yeah. like uh, like a little bit stylistically. And again, I I know I've asked this like many times on the pod. Why not just make do that with Daredevil? <laughs> just make that show. If you want to make that show, then make that show. You can. Yeah. They're trying to just chase the success of something they didn't do. Yeah. And instead of just doing more of it, they're like, but what if different? I don't know. Um, there's some other issues with this. So uh, the director of Echo, Sydney Freeland, uh, there was a quote from her that said, uh, her power in the comic books is that she can copy anything, any movement, any whatever. Uh, this is true. She has b- abilities similar to Taskmaster, who I'm just mm. remembering we did see in the MCU. That was in Black Widow, Black yeah. Widow. I forgot about that movie. Uh, the quote continues to say, it's kind of lame. Uh, I will say that is not her power. <laughs> That's fine. Why are we... I, no, I respect why that. Why are we hiring people that don't respect... Like, like... Okay, no, I don't I, get into I, too much. Like, I agree with this. I don't care. I do not care. If you, I, I will take someone who looked at the project and said, if they look at the source material and they're like, oh, I don't like that. We're gonna do this instead, and they like mm-hmm. the thing they come up with. Good, do that. I don't care. I don't give a fuck mm-hmm. about faithfulness to the comics. That doesn't mean anything. Okay, to me. I could be swayed. I think. I think there's a. There's two different like distinctions for this, I guess. So sure. Echo, I think, is is a case where I could see the case being made for that. So like, if mm. you if she's just like a very skilled combatant, she doesn't need superpowers. So if right. if if what she actually means by this, it says she says I will say that is not her power, which kind of infers mm. that she does have powers anyways. Mm. Uh, but if her power was not that, like if she was just good at her job, I'm okay with changing it that way. Because that's pretty similar to be like sure. she can copy anything to just be like she's really good. I'll be like yeah sure. Uh, but my issue goes into like when it's a Miss Marvel situation, when it's like the powers were yeah chosen I didn't, for I didn't a care that <laughs> reason. No, I that's one I do care about because the stretchy thing is like that's like her thing. I like, don't like the like, powers they chose. Yeah, like the powers suck. they chose suck for sure. But if my point is that like I don't care that they didn't do the comic thing. I just care that what mm. they did do sucked. That one that one's a case where 
the reason why her powers the, were why they were the way they were in the comics made sense to the character and to the themes. It was like mm. like her or she's like a Mr. Fantastic type character. She can grow in right. any body part. And the reason why that's cool is it's like puberty. It's like feeling like you're out of control sure. of your body and kind of feeling like she her her powers always kind of look weird. Like she doesn't have like a really like like maybe she'll have like a really big eyeball or something like it's supposed to be kind of gross and so there's something to that and if you switch it to light based powers it's like you lose that element of it and the only reason they did that was for the marvels it's nothing it's green lantern and the only reason was for the greater mcu continuity and for a team up kind of situation uh but anyways uh this is also the only tv uh sorry the first uh tvma series yeah Marvel is done, so that means it's like R, but TV. That's that's cool, but I, I don't know. I'd say overall. But I'm not for watching trailer, it, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah. They're releasing all the episodes at once, which is not a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Uh, and I've learned I've learned from Marvel trailer. They've conditioned me in a way that I'll watch a trailer that looks good, and I'll be like, "That's gonna be really bad." Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to fool me right now. I can tell. That despite like you made a good trailer, this will not be yeah. a good product. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's enough MCU talk though. We have this is like an sure. old episode. This actually this I is know. so nostalgic. We're talking about Marvel for like twenty minutes to start off the yeah. episode about like an about like an art house film. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is our bread true. and butter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, there were two other trailers we could zoom through. There was a trailer for Fall Guy by David Leach, who yeah. did Deadpool 2, uh, who also yeah. did Atomic Blonde and some other stuff. Fr- he did um, Free Guy, didn't he? No. That's, that, that's, that's the guy, yeah. Sean Levy, who's doing Deadpool oh, right. 3. Uh, yes. <laughs> but Fall Guy is the one where it's a stunt guy, uh, played by yeah. Ryan Gosling, my favorite, yeah. uh, who wants to woo. Oh, he also did Bullet Train. That's the other thing. Yes, he, he did, did do Bullet Train. Bad movie. Uh, he's trying to woo the director of of the film he's working on. They had they were old flames or something, and then she's played by Emily Blunt, um, and he finds himself in a criminal conspiracy or something, and he has to use his stunt guy abilities, his his powers, yep. which are kind of lame, uh, to to yeah. save the day or whatever. Um, I watched this trailer and I was like, man, this is actually gonna fire. I'll watch this. Ooh, I'll be there. No, no oh. I will not. I will not be there. <laughs> I will not be there. I watched uh, the trailer and I was like, I watched the first part and I was like, oh, okay, this might be a, this is kind of a fun, fun premise. It's going to be kind of like an actiony rom-com thing where yeah. like he's the stuntman and they have a thing in the past. And they have to keep a secret. And it's like, but then the star of the movie gets kidnapped and then he has to go on an adventure. And what are you talking about? You have a movie there already. Well, he has what to go the... on an adventure. The star of no, the movie gets kidnapped and he has to go on no, an adventure. No, he doesn't. He doesn't he's have to do adventure. that. He's a fucking Just crime. stay where you are. Just stay David where you are, man. Cry. No, he doesn't. That's all David Lee knows how to do. I <laughs> cry. No, he doesn't uh, do that. <laughs> anyways, uh, I will say that like Ryan Gosling looks really funny in this. I love Ryan Gosling doing comedic roles, so that's kind of I do too. My main selling point. I don't care that Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson, the star of the fictional film in the film, is missing. That part I'm gonna be like, yeah, whatever, sure, sure, he's missing. But sure. yeah, I'm there for Ryan Gosling. He's sure. he's very charming in the trailer. Anyways, there's another trailer. I won't be there, but I will be, be there this. for this. That's I will what I was be say. there You're for, be this. for this one. This yeah. is uh, the trailer for what the fuck is it called? Kingdom of the Planet. Kingdom of the, of the Planet of the Apes. With they have the weirdest naming schemes 
for these movies was, to be at? It was Planet of the Apes. It was Rise, was it? Dawn, oh, War. Dust. It was like Rise of the Planet yeah. of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War for the War. Planet of the Apes, and now it's Kingdom of the Planet Kingdom. of the Apes. When's the Before Sunset of the Planet of the Apes? In the... Before no? Sunset? Well, Before Sunset's the second know. one, no? Because it was, it was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, so the yeah. Before Sunset of the <laughs> right. Planet of the Apes. Yes. Yeah. I joke. Anyways, um, I really loved the like two second movies, the, the Matt Reeves ones, Dawn mm. and War. Yeah. I think those ones are good. Those yeah, ones those are really are cool. good. So if, if, if they're keeping up yeah. that... That would be cool. They're also monkeys. And I said this to Alex. Uh, I also said this to Alex before. I hope that there's some Gibbon representation because it is called Planet of the Apes, and I don't see many lesser apes. It seems like there's a high focus on gray apes. So I I, I hope to see some Hylopatids, Gibbons, and Samangs in here. That's my take. Samangs, yeah. 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 What about the Bonobo? Were there any in there? Did you see any bonobos? I, I couldn't tell. I actually, I'm not, uh, I don't have enough attuned eye to distinguish a bonobo from a chimp, to be honest with you. They are mm. the same genus. Oh, I see. Anyway, so this is this is directed <laughs> by Wes Ball, so it's no longer directed by um, Matt Reeves. Wes Ball did every Maze Runner movie and nothing else. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> good luck. Uh, good I'll luck, still be Wes there. Ball. I'll still be there. I'll You'll still be there. Yeah. Do you think it'll ever like circle back to? The I don't original? mind the Maze Runner movie. Is that where I haven't seen going? it since I was a teenager, but I don't know. Oh, I didn't watch like it. I, like if that's oh, you think like like the thing on the beach where he's like why or whatever. Holy shit! That's the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. That bit. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie, but I I think yeah. I feel like we're looping back because this mm. feels a lot more like that. I think that was the the sure. idea was the right. first trilogy was like well he thought he went trilogy, to a different planet yeah. yeah 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 do you think they'll ever saw do a movie Nebula? do you think they'll ever do dr zayas the simpsons have you seen that the simpsons no. clip okay i'll describe this to you really quick so there's a simpsons gag where they go to planet of the apes the musical and, and it just shows a very quick scene from that and it's a song for Dr. Zayas, who I can only assume is like a very minor character, and that's the joke, is like there's a song for Dr. Zayas, and the the human character is like, "What's wrong with me?" And I don't know. The guy says something like, "Na na 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 na," and it's rhyming. And then ever the the chorus is, "Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, <laughs> Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas." And there's a bit where the, he's like, he's like standing still, and there's three apes bowing their hands <laughs> and like walking in a circle around him uh and then what's the other bit? oh there's a part where like one ape just starts like b-boy dancing and does like a whole <laughs> thing it's really funny go look at that fun. up anyways sure. we did a movie we did watch a movie uh, this will be a really long episode we did a yeah. movie it's called priscilla in it is called priscilla it. Yeah, so this time I got it locked and loaded. This was written and directed by Sofia Coppola. It was based on the book Elvis and Me, written by Priscilla Presley herself, as well as Sandra Harmon. Uh, this is star starring Kaylee Spaney, Jacob Alordi, and other people as well, but those are the main characters. <laughs> uh, their running nice. time is 113 minutes. It was released... The initial release was in Venice on September 4th, 2023, the wide release is October 27th, 2023 in the United States. Uh, the budget was $20 million, and so far the box office is $5.3 million. 
Nice. Uh, that's what we're, now, that's what we're as, rocking with. As always, we have a game. It's called the Predacritic Game. Uh, yes. uh, the the explanation for that is as follows. Uh, there is a website <laughs> uh, called Metacritic where critic scores of a movie are averaged out of 100. We are going to guess where Priscilla mm. ranks in that metric. I have this spun the random wheel generator, uh, and Aiden will, in fact, be guessing first. Fuck. Uh, I'm not even going to think about too hard. 80. 80. 80. Uh, I'm not going to think too hard, and I'm going to guess lower than that. It's 79, okay. and that is where I will land. Okay. Uh, and now I will have to look it up, uh, and you'll have to give me a moment. Priscilla. It's a hard name to spell. Anytime there's yep. an S before a C, it breaks my mind. I'm not supposed to. That's not supposed to happen. And it looks like, in a shocking turn of events, I, in fact, win this round. Nice. Uh, it, in, Priscilla got 77, and I okay. finally get out of my losing streak. <laughs> I've been in a bad... I've been summarizing a lot of movies. So as the winner, I do get to uh, give my non-spoiler reaction first. Um, this was a movie I was looking forward to. Um, I liked the look of the trailer. Uh, I thought the cinematography was really striking, and I liked the idea of a counter-narrative to the awful movie Elvis. Uh, And just kind of like, even then, I was like, he dated a 14-year-old, right? Like, that's the person he married. She was 14, and he was... I had to look this up. He was 24. It was very vague. I did not know how old he was at any point. Uh, But he was 24, and she was 14. And we'll talk talk about that. We will talk about that. Yeah. You have thoughts? You have thoughts, have thoughts on, on, yes. on if that was good or bad, probably? Um, anyways, uh, so so when watching Elvis by Baz Luhrmann, it was very convenient how they glossed over that bit of information. <laughs> uh, and so so I was like, oh, good. They're telling like the important story about that. Sure. Um, I, liked, I liked maybe the first half hour or so. Like, I really liked the beginning. Or, you know, I thought it was pretty good, at least. Like, I don't think I was ever at a point of, like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I thought it was like serviceable and like like a good interpretation, like kind of like classic uh, Sofia Coppola. Uh, right around when it got to Act Two, it did kind of devolve into a relentless repetition of the same beat. Is how I felt. Um, I think it just kind of gets bogged down in showing the same thing over and over and over again, and it's it's a you know with slight variation, obviously, but. Um, I just felt it hits kind of a standstill for a while. Um, uh, it does at some point pick up again later on. Um, and when it picks up again, I was like, oh, this is, oh, it got good again. Oh, things are changing and it's good now. Um, and there's some more like new beats that are happening. And, um, so yeah, that was kind of like my biggest issue is I just found a good stretch of it quite boring and I got really tired in fact. Um, and then kind of related to that, uh, but a more wider issue I had is that I found it all to be quite one note. I found that Priscilla is quite one note. Elvis is quite one note as characters, not, uh, not the actors' performances at all. Um, and I felt that Sofia Coppola was coming to this movie with one very clear and, you know, correct idea uh, about what she wanted to say. I, I, I agree with what she's trying to say, but uh, I found it to be just kind of saying the same thing over and over and over again with 
very little nuance and that was kind of what I was hoping for was a nuance portrayal and I found it almost as lacking in nuance as the Elvis movie just in the extreme opposite direction um so I I think I'll more or less leave it at that the cinematography and lighting were still as good as I as I had imagined from uh the trailers but uh yeah I found the script to be wanting rating and rex Fuck, I forgot. I don't, I don't usually go first. <laughs> you don't so go first. Uh, my, yeah, I was thinking about my rating. It's going to have to land between a three and a half and a three. It's, sure. it's feeling more like three territory just because I didn't enjoy it. Like, like leaving the theater, I was like, eh. You know, it mm-hmm. was a movie I saw. I think it was, like, filmed quite well. But, like, yeah, I just I had a lot of problems with the script, specifically. Uh, would I re- recommend people go see this? Sure. I'd, it's not a movie that I hated so much that I would say no. So sure. I, would, I would say, like, you know, maybe maybe consider checking it out and uh, support. But, yeah, that's that's how I felt. How about you? Well, this is going to be fun, then. I like this movie a yeah. lot. I okay, really, really, no, I I like really, really enjoy this movie. The funny thing is, though, I feel like I actually recognized all, some of the same things that you've said – but I think they're very intentional, and I think they have to do with the perspective of the movie, some of them. and I think that they have to do with, like, kind of. I think this is a very um, fantastical movie, and by that I don't mean mm. it's like Lord of the Rings, but I mean it's like it has this filter of fantasy that is being portrayed through, mm-hmm. while also being this kind of grounded perspective. I think it's very, very interesting. Uh, so things I like a lot about this movie is again how it's playing with perspective, like I was talking about. Um, the details that are omitted. That's this is a point that you've written down. I was going to write down the same mm-hmm. thing. What is omitted? What details are vague? I think it makes a very good point of like of recreating childhood in a sense. Like the the way in which we receive information in this movie feels like we are part of a child's world. And I think that's very well made. Um, I don't quite agree that the characters are one note. I actually think there's a lot going on. I think that they're ambiguous, especially Elvis, I think, is ambiguous in some ways. But I, I again, I think that that's very intentional, actually. And I think I, I still think there's a lot to think about there. Um, and then I also think that I think there's a lot going on with Priscilla as well, actually. Um, so I really, really like this movie. I'm always a fan of movies that are have really simple visual direction and just well-executed visual direction, too. And I think there's a lot of that. Like, just, just strong shot choice that isn't trying to do too much. Because, like, like that's the kind of thing that I really gravitate towards. Um, and I think this movie is definitely that. This is a four-star movie for me, and I will mm-hmm. recommend it for people. I liked this movie quite a bit. Interesting. Yeah, this will be a good discussion. Um... I'll say, like, I have respect for this movie and for what sure. Sophia was doing, and I think I respect Sophia as a director. Sure. I did do, like, a very brief kind of best of watching of some of her movies because I haven't seen very many, um, and so I kind of understand her style a little better, and I yep. will say that, yeah, I, I still do. I respect her as a auteur and a filmmaker. I sure. just I had, I had some issues. Uh, but uh, now, now that we've done the reviews, uh, you do have to give a spoiler warning. I do. Pew, 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 woo, woo, and I gotta do the thing. So set the and timer gotta, up for me. And set you up gotta the summarize. <laughs> you gotta do the thing, and we have no idea what that is. You gotta <laughs> summarize the movie, and you have two minutes to do so. Uh, 
uh, and I have a timer for for you for, right, for you that. So uh, okay. Uh, oh, where's my camera? And ready? This is cra- I haven't done this in so long. Let's go. I know because it's right. always me. I, I'm so ready. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Okay, oh, so we start. We start off with a young uh, Priscilla Bolio, uh, and we are in a West Germany uh, base, a military base in the U.S., and she's a teenager there, and she's bored. Uh, And then this colonel approaches her and says, hey, do you like Elvis, and invites her to an Elvis party. She goes to an Elvis party, and then she goes to a bunch of Elvis parties, and Elvis and her start dating, and there's, like, conversations with her parents and her dad, uh, and her dad's like, well, son, I guess you can date my daughter then. And then eventually she starts going on trips to the United States because Elvis has gone back to the United States. Uh, and then they have another conversation where it's like, well, son, I guess you can date my daughter. And then they go and then she goes and moves to the United States eventually. And then they do drugs. They're doing some drugs as they're doing this. But it's not, so like hard, drugs. it's not like hard drugs. It's not like hard drug generally. It's just like, what are they doing? They're popping pills. Well, there it's are mess. some hard drugs. Oh, no, no, no. But what? Oh, what I mean by that is that it's not like they're snorting lines in the bathroom. It's just oh, like yeah, these yeah. little pills and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. They, she, their Elvis is revealed to be kind of abusive, not a very nice guy. He can be very aggressive. He's very dismissive of Priscilla. He kind of confines her to the house, he kind of isolates her in a variety of ways. Uh, and then he keeps he's as his life spirals, he keeps going out to Hollywood. There are all these rumors that he's with all these different actors. Uh, eventually they have a kid um and pers- and then he like wants to break up with her briefly and then he's like nope and then they have a kid and then uh she goes and spends some time by herself as he is like kind of doing his Vegas residency thing uh and then she asks for a divorce uh in Vegas then she leaves and then she drives out of Graceland uh and then she's free uh, and you have about more things, time. Thinking about things that I forgot cuz I feel like there are a few details, a few plot beats here and there. Uh, Elvis keeps telling her to keep the home fires burning. And so, yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, no, you, you did it, and with time to spare. Um, things I would add... I don't know. This you is not they a... they get married? They she do graduates. get married. I don't think I said that. Oh, she graduates high school about uh, two-thirds of the way into this movie, too. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can start a discussion now. I saw yeah. someone say on Twitter, like, that's such a baller move for this movie to be like, like they've been around, they've been together for so long. And then like somewhere before the middle, I don't know, like 40 minutes in only then has she graduated high school. Yeah. Like just to really point out how fucked that was. Yeah. And like, like, the, like some people in the movie are very clearly like, it's fucked that you are 14 and he is. They never say but his age, but like I said, what he's 24. I, what I think is very started. interesting is that there's, like, a couple comments here and there, but no mm-hmm. one really seems to give a shit. Yeah. Like, and I, I think that's a really interesting thing. Like, there's the one blonde lady who kind of lives at Graceland, and I don't remember what her role or name was, but she's kind of, she's a little, like, you can tell, she's kind of just in the background, like, gazing in a, like, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really like Wait, which... this. Which blonde lady? There's the stepmom and there's the receptionist who works. It's the blonde lady who. The blonde lady who at some point tells her like not to make a public display, while she's out on the lawn. That's she's kind of in the background. That's Elvis's stepmother. Oh okay. Because his mama, his mama dad. His mama dad. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I like that, and I like. It's also interesting. There's like another moment where 
like a few women are like gossiping and they're like oh she's like a child at like a party and that's it but other than that i actually think it's really interesting how again it's this kind of like blending of child and adult worlds that i was kind of alluding to in my in my pre-spoiler review and i think that it's very interesting to me one that the ages of the people she's with are ambiguous and we don't actually know because i think that's like from again like from her perspective they're, they're just like vaguely adults and but i also think that within that it's interesting that they're acting like children for most of the thing like a good chunk of this movie is just devoted to a bunch of grown men acting like teenage boys and like mm. r- like roughhousing around the lawn and stuff like that and like it's like yeah of course like of course this would be like i, I don't know how, how do you grapple with that as a child how, how does this world make any sense to you as an adolescent i guess she's not like a child child but like she's she's a she's a minor she's young yeah 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 uh yeah no i definitely picked up on that the the idea that like one of the things the movie's kind of like conveying is the in in a similar way to killers of the flower moon like (laughs) the complicity of grooming is the word i'm going to choose to use here of like having like taking a child and kind of like it's it's is it grooming or just like dating a minor i don't know it's kind of both it's it's a bit of both (laughs) there's there's elements of grooming for sure uh but anyways so i'll just call it grooming largely to just for simplicity's sake but um the complicity of that the complicit nature of that i found really interesting how there's so many authority figures at graceland and they all just like blindly accept that this is happening and they're just like oh you're so awesome priscilla we like you like like elvis's grandmother is like super nice and shows no concern at all um I mean, obviously, Elvis's friends weren't going to do anything. They're, right. The, the way they're portrayed, at, at the very least, is just, like, these kind of, like, ru- like you said, idiots just kind of roughhousing together. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought that was interesting. Uh, I guess I, I wasn't sure that it was really interrogating the other people quite as much as it was interrogating Elvis. I think, I think this movie has its sights set on Elvis and less so much on the people who surround him and i think i think that's fine but i i don't know i i would have liked a little more of like how how this was allowed to happen i guess and it, you you do have to consider that there were culture or um like social differences at the time yeah. i guess like, like it's, it's like the less thing where you're than it was you hear like a grandparent story of like yeah i was uh, i was a 25 year old man with my own business and i saw her coming out of high school one day and we got married or whatever yeah yeah so like it was a little more normal then so it's hard to be like yeah but everyone was like this is weird or i don't know but i i at the very least i think that there is an a, a minor interrogation of priscilla's parents and i thought that was smart kind of like it's it's quite subtle but it's like yeah. They know that she's young, but they are convinced. They're kind of like convinced by his, by Elvis's charming personality, and there's like, it's almost like an exchange of goods. Even like there's the mo- there's like a lot of like debates in in other rooms, not not quite closed behind closed doors, but uh, conversations Priscilla isn't allowed to take part of. Priscilla's mother isn't allowed to take part of. It's a transaction between two men between elvis sometimes elvis's kind of liaison his buddy uh and priscilla's father that's how this all goes down it's it's almost contractual Uh, and so i i found that quite interesting 
Yeah, and I'll say, like, just building on that as well, like, some of, speaking on, like, some of the visual direction I really like is that, like, I just love the way that's framed where she's clearly not a part of these conversations, and often when the people who can actually decide whether this relationship happens, uh, when those conversations are going on, in some way, shape, or form, she's separated from it with visual direction and it's so in the one way it's that she's looking through a doorway and she can't quite see what's going on that's like one of the things when elvis is talking to the dad and stuff um but then there's also a really interesting one where she's sitting in a booth and this is before she's met elvis and she's sitting in a booth with her family and the guy elvis's buddy liaison whatever comes up and talks to the father and asks if priscilla can go to the party and we get really close on this single of priscilla that separates her from the rest of the table and it's just her listening to it and so that builds into my next point as well where i think not only is this movie because you're saying i think you're correct in saying that this movie is not really concerned with the other people in this movie as much i actually think it's not even really concerned with elvis that much i think it's very very Mm. concerned with exactly priscilla and how a girl of her age would be receiving all of this and I think that is that is the driving thesis of this movie. That's I think it motivates like everything in it. Um, and so I think like like there I agree there isn't much of an analysis of complicity other than what she would pick up on. But I think that that's because she she wouldn't I don't know if she would think about that I don't know if she would have thought about yeah. that at all when she was in that when she was going through these things. The only things that the reason it's so subtle to me is because the only thing the only we only get her perspective which is a glimpse through a doorway or it's uh it's her listening it's that feeling of like being a kid with your family and they're having an adult conversation here and you know that you're not part of it despite the fact that you're physically in the same space and i think like that's very interesting to me yeah i would say that from what i know about so I'll preface by what I have seen. So just talking about Sofia Coppola's work uh, in a wider sense, I've seen her first three films, if I'm not mistaken, which are Virgin Suicides, The uh, Lost in Translation, which I've seen twice, and Marie Antoinette. Um, from what I've gathered, Sofia Coppola is very good at like portraying like empathy and subjective experiences. Um, so like like really getting at the heart of the feet like the feeling of certain kind of like yeah. situations i guess sure. um so you know mary antoinette which i don't know if i might just talk about now but like a very very similar film mm-hmm. uh have you seen this aiden i've not i think i've only seen lost in translation it's the only other which okay. i don't like so so i know so marie antoinette <laughs> is i would say almost exactly the same movie it is a really famous female historical figure who is married too young and what that situation feels like and Marie Antoinette the the atmosphere and the mise-en-scene are different um, but the general structure the story the heart of the story is the exact same Um, Marie Antoinette gets married to someone she doesn't know Uh, she is a child but in that case her husband is a child as well like he's quite young and they're both kind of like struggling with this and she has all these like responsibilities she has to do and she just wants to be like a a regular young woman and have Mm. fun and you know buy things and um play pretend and 
and it's kind of like her living in her own world in this mansion where she's stuck um and you know eventually tragedy whatever you know whatever um uh but even like another really interesting i think the virgin suicides is one of her most interesting films in that that one is about it's it's interrogating this idea of like female subjectivity but the film itself is through the subjective view of boys so that movie so that's why that movie is so interesting is because of like the irony of it it's about these these five five sisters um some some or all of whom (laughs) commit suicide uh, as suggested by the title uh and you know spoilers for like a 30 year old movie uh but the whole thing is portrayed almost the whole thing is portrayed from the lens of men recollecting what their experience of these events from the past so then the narrator is older and he's remembering these events and it's it's showing the limitations of these boys of how they can't really perceive and so it's a really good interrogation through this like lens of irony so so I, i agree for priscilla that what she's doing so well is that subjective experience. She is yeah. getting to the heart of like the the empathy of it. What does it feel like to be in Priscilla's situation? And so I actually I, I really do agree with you that like that seems to be the narrative thematic purpose of this film is what yeah. did it feel like to be Priscilla during those mm, maybe like fourteen years I think was about yeah. the time the, that they knew each other. Uh, and maybe a little bit less so on making a point of anything else. And yeah. for that, personally, I I was kind of hoping for something a little more rich to chew on. Um, but I can see a case being made like that's your like your aspirations were just kind of set lower, and that's fine. Like for for if that's what your goal was well, to just portray this. I disagree. Experience, that's I disagree. Saying that's lower, though. I think that's just a different thing. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that makes it like it doesn't. It's not Maybe a value not judgment. Maybe yeah. it's a, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that leads into your point about it being fourteen years leads into something that I think was very very interesting about this movie, and that's that like, the way time is played with in this movie, mm-hmm. the way that neither Elvis or Priscilla or anyone else really in this movie seems to age very much. Like only towards the end does she like she starts to look a little bit different and Elvis starts to look a little bit different. But you compare that to, like, the Elvis movie, for example, where it's, like, he's a fucking wreck. Like, he looks very (laughs) physically different by the end of that movie. And, like, they really make a point about how much time has passed. But this movie seems like this sprawling fantasy that just, like, very intentionally kind of meanders through. And I, I really, really like the way that it... To me, that exemplifies how this situation inhibited her growth. Like, she wasn't able to explore herself, and she wasn't able to grow very much as a person individually because of the way she was isolated by the situation. And so everything was kind of the same until, like, the very end. And then it's not until she, like, separates from Elvis that she's... We see it, like, it's almost like that's when time starts to have somewhat of an effect. And I think that's very intentional because I think it's done... It's done both in, like, costuming and makeup and whatever. It's also done in visual direction because one of the things that I've written down here is visual motifs and repeated shots, and specifically the repeated shots. The Elvis and Priscilla lying in bed together is, throughout the movie, almost always filmed from the same shot. It's, like, a kind of 45-degree angle looking at, like, the corner 
of the bed, like sort of from the foot angle, whatever. And we get that again to establish this idea of sameness and and mundanity and whatever. But towards the end, right towards the end, when Priscilla is this is very soon before Priscilla goes to divorce him. This is when Elvis kind of forces himself on her briefly, but then goes away. Mm-hmm. We finally see like the bed from a different perspective, and it's a different bed, sure, but we've already seen that bed from the same mundanity perspective and this again like the simple idea that like something has changed and we're now seeing this from a different angle i like i it's this idea that like suddenly there's a breakthrough and this feeling of just like your life was just sucked up like that and you just she just fell into it and like we talked about she didn't it almost like wasn't her decision in a lot of ways like that's Mm -hmm. so and then you get to the ending and she's just like Like, just in the car, like, like unable to understand what just happened. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. the way this movie is playing with all of its all of its various elements to really emphasize that subjectivity and talking about different aspects of that subjectivity, like the experience of time, power dynamics, adult children world, that that's really, like, that's what's making this movie so enjoyable for me. Yeah, I, I'll respond to just one of those elements at a time so the um the time aspect i did notice certain things so i what i really liked about the time is kind of kind of contrary to what you're saying but maybe sort of supporting it is how it's actually it's it's a compliment to the the acting as well as the costuming and the makeup how one actor uh what is her name kaylee spaney is able to play priscilla over a wide like I think well it would have been 14 years or whatever I had said right yeah. so like a wide variety of ages and like I completely believed it the, the whole time uh, and when she was supposed to be in ninth grade I was like this is like the tiniest youngest human I've seen and like she she felt like she was in ninth yeah. grade and it made the Elvis scenes really creepy of like that is a grown man dating yeah. a child like a teenager and then like again not changing the actor at any point she like I, I can see actually the progression of time in the way they are changing her costuming she starts dressing uh like in like towards the end it's like blouses and uh like pants um mm-hmm. she changes her hair at some point and i think especially then when she's changing her hair i felt that's when i felt like the rapid change that you had mentioned yeah um it's like oh like her she's living again like she's she's kind of out of the the trap uh she stopped dyeing her hair black and it suddenly felt like i was looking at like a completely different person it was crazy when like, yes the scene where yeah. she's there's one scene like, where i straight talking. up didn't recognize her yeah. there's scenes where she's talking with her friends in hollywood and i was like oh my god like that's this is the same actor who i thought was in ninth grade at the beginning i was like i actually was yeah. like how old is this actor? Like, did they make? <laughs> yeah, I looked at do an Elvis yeah. behind the scenes. I was like, no, of course they didn't. Because why would that would yeah. be really stupid? But like, yeah. like I was shocked. Just like had how well. And that actor, I think, is yeah. a year, two years younger than Jacob Elordi. Crazy. Yeah. Anyways, that's so insane. Compliments for all that. Yeah. Um, um I I'll will say. say oh, yeah. Do I want to jump yeah. in? I want to jump in really quick as well. And that I I do agree with you. I think I think what we're seeing actually does support each other. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting as well how, 
we, despite it being from her perspective, we also have a very limited perspective. Like, we only get, like, these flashes, especially towards the latter half of the movie. Like, and I really like how when something happens, like, Elvis blows up at her for, like, the first few times, we really get the impression that, like, this is something she's used to by this point. Like, it's not a surprise. Like, they actually have, like, learned to kind of mold around each other a little bit. And it's it's very interesting. It was like, I don't know exactly what to make of it, but it was like, well, how long has that been happening? And I think mm-hmm. that makes you question, like, the veneer of a relationship and it makes you think about what other people must have been seeing. Yeah. Almost like that's that's making me think of Anatomy of a Fall a little bit. Mm. Uh, all these movies we're seeing recently just kind of, like, work together. Um, yeah. yeah, for, like, the jumping around in time... Yeah, I'll say that um, that this is a common thing with biopics is how do you depict a person's life in kind of like a coherent cinematic form when it's like trying to reduce decades at a time. So I, I think it was a, first of all, smart choice to confine it to a very specific period of Priscilla's life mm-hmm. um, to like, you know, it's not her entire life. It is yeah, like Elvis. literally... <laughs> literally the Elvis period of her life. And I I think it's quite smart that the first time we see her is, hey, do you want to meet Elvis? And the last time we see her is leaving Graceland. And that's it. And there's no more. So I think think that was smart. Um, uh, One issue I I just sometimes have with biopics is that feeling of like jumping around in time a bit. Just kind of like, it's hard to see like, like a a story in there um, because it is just kind of like picking moments across the years. Mm. Um, so I'd say that I've seen worse version of this for sure. And so I think Sophia, like Elvis. yeah, like Elvis. So I think Coppola <laughs> does uh, a, a commendable job of kind sure. of like summarizing the events and turning them into like a, co- a coherent story. But I think even then there were some limitations and, uh, I'll try and see if I had anything specific. Yeah, my, my I think my main issue is just that it the 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 feeling of jumping around has to do with like causality a little bit and kind of like following uh, the unity of action, I suppose. Like following one thing, um, you're you're playing with the unity of of time, obviously. So you kind of want to keep the other things consistent, I suppose. Um, and I just felt that for a while. It did feel like, okay, then this happened, and then, you know, a few months later this happened, and then a few months later this happened, and I was kind of like waiting for the story. Um, this ties into a different point. Like this was just this is mostly an issue with the second act, is what I had. I felt it kind of started repeating itself. Um, there's, you know, early on we we see the relationships. He's stuck in Graceland, and. You know, Elvis has these outbursts. She tries to make advances. He won't, uh, you know, they won't. He won't have sex with her. Uh, but nothing happens, uh, and he he goes away. He goes to Hollywood to hear um, some events, and it it did for a while, kind of feel like they were stuck, um, and just kind of yeah, repeating the same beat over and over again, uh, of like she is sad and quiet and in Graceland. That being said, I'll just say one more thing. There is a case for like that being the point, and that is the case. While, while <laughs> I, I know, I know, and while <laughs> I, it, it occurred to me, 
And while um, I was like getting quite sleepy and being like, this is yeah. wearing me down, it's tiring of like, okay, when's, when are we doing it? it? The thought occurred to me that like, that is actually her subjective experience. And in that sense, that is kind of like the goal is to put you in the headspace. And if you're feeling like you're stuck, like dull watching this movie, maybe that's intentional. Um, yeah. It means it's a not a great viewing experience trying to like put you in the, the driver's seat of boredom. Uh, but that's a, that's a, you know, a question about cinema on a wider scale is like mm. replicating crappy experiences and, or like purposefully making a, a movie in such a way that traditionally they say don't do that like they tell you not to make movies this way because of x y and z but doing it on purpose to make a point you know that's that's a, a really interesting concept to me um but I'll, I'll let you chime in on that yeah i talking about specifically causality right away something i noticed as well was that there seemed like a lack of causality and again the thing i liked about that was that it felt like she didn't have much agency like it felt like she had been I agree, yeah. she cannot move forward because everything is just happening to her like she can't mm-hmm. this she's not she's become not an active agent in her whole in her own life because her life now revolves around elvis and the schedule of elvis um and i agree that there is a lot of sameness but again like i just this is just like a a difference of experiencing i guess i just i also felt bored at some points but i i kind of liked it and i liked exploring mm. i liked being in this house and i liked how empty I, I liked i liked how the lighting really added to it for me like how there's often like the indoor lights like aren't on and there's just like light yeah. coming through yeah. the window and i think that that's really that's it gives this really strong mood and I also think that there are, I really like the restraint that Coppola shows. Like I, cause I think a, what a lesser movie would do is uh, Elvis leaves. She's sad. Elvis leaves. She's sad. And every time she has like a breakdown in the bathroom and she like cries and yeah, she like sobs, that. that would be a lesser movie. And what I like a lot about this movie, cause that would just cheapen. So that, that way, like the few times she like does cry in this movie, it's like, Oh my God. Um, mm-hmm. But like, that was so cheap in it what i like about this movie is that i think just through really simple things they actually do differentiate it a little bit they're just in the middle of what seemingly is like a happier period like when elvis is back and she's with him and uh and like because like this is her life now you know but she there's just this one shot of her just like standing and looking out the window just like motionless and she's looking Mm -hmm. through the curtain and it's just like this idea of we don't quite because she's been so forced to repress and she isn't able to express herself in this relationship and in her life anymore we don't get it either it's almost like because we're from her perspective but because she doesn't get a chance to like truly express herself we also don't get to see self-expression from her and i think that's really interesting other than just like little moments and things here and there like her looking out the window like that and i also just wanted to broadly talk about really quickly um i do think that whenever i'm bored in a movie this is like a a broader point about movies in general whenever i'm bored i'm always just like okay but why like why am i bored Mm -hmm. right now because there are because i did get a little bored in this movie and i think that another movie that i got bored during was 
uh, Atanarjua, The Fast Runner, which is a Canadian movie. That's a movie I love. Yes. I think it's a very cool yes, movie. Yes, I did. I got tired that's, of you. Yeah. That's a movie I got bored watching. Another another movie I got bored watching, uh, Tartofsky's to be, Solaris. To be fair, though, that one, the Fast Runner one, we were on Zoom in our own we homes on... trying to watch that. Sure. That was kind of a brutal situation just based on our university. But kind of I think that even if I saw that in a the theater, I would have been a little bored. And when I was watching Maybe. Tartakovsky's Solaris, I got a little bit bored. There's at one point in that movie, I believe it's, they go to space in that movie. But before they go to space, there's, I believe it's like 10 minutes of hmm. almost uninterrupted, just the characters driving on like the highway and then through a city. And they don't really hmm. say much. And like, and I think that like, I think that, like that's very intentional, and I I agree. You're making an interesting point about like what is the point of film in general, and why is that something that you can't do? I think that, and so again, looping back to what I was saying earlier, like why am I bored? Am I bored because this is a contrived plot and I don't care about what's happening, or am I bored because the feelings and the empathy that this movie is evoking? is just a life that isn't necessarily full of thrills because looping back to Priscilla, like I said, like I, I really love the idea that on one hand it should be like this fantasy that she's with Elvis. And I think they're like, it has this like haze of being like a dreamy fantasy, but at the same time, like she's there and it's like, Oh, it's just, it's just life. And it's just like, it's just a feeling that like, you've also i feel like everyone's been through as well like everyone's just been bored in their house and it's like that's just her life now especially as a kid like that's a that's a, like a child's experience as well um so yeah just like on the topic of boredom whenever i feel bored in a movie i always and i'm not saying you i don't mean this is criticism of what you're thinking but i just mean mm. just personally i always like to reflect on like i don't like to immediately think of that as a criticism because i'm always just like right why like why is this happening yeah. No, I think it's a very interesting, almost philosophical question of just like we the way we view films as a culture, I'd say even from the beginning is that um, film as film should be entertainment. And there's certain emotions that and like states of being that are acceptable for film to create there. You're uh, it's acceptable to create joy, laughter, um sometimes anger, sadness, uh, fear, but there's other emotions, namely boredom, that we just routinely um, have just kind of like decide, have lumped into like, that means it's bad, like it's a negative mm -hmm. thing. But it is interesting to ask like, but what if that's just like another tool in a director, in a filmmaker's like thing they hold tools in, you know? Uh, whatever right. that is, tool yeah. toolbox. I don't yeah. know. We're filmmakers. We don't. What is that? Yeah, we so don't know. Tool. We don't. We don't know that unless what, we're working in set deck. Hammer? Then we understand. Then we know what that is. I have a lot of tools. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, no. Yeah, the, the irony there question. is that you actually do use a lot of tools making filmmaking. I have a lot of tools. And I, yeah. Like yeah. a stone's throw away from me right now. I could yeah. go like. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I'd say. Hmm. Ah. Uh, I might have to clear, I'm, not, like, I'm also, just... I'm not saying you're wrong either. Like, I also think like it's possible yeah. that like the movie just doesn't explore things well enough. But just from my initial reaction, I was just more appreciative of appreciative of it than anything else. 
no 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 and i i agree i i i don't i don't see it as like me being wrong yeah. or you being right like yeah. yeah um i don't know i think i think if i had to think about like what i was hoping for just like i don't know every time I, I try to think of like what i would hope for i i kind of realize like but maybe that's not what her life was like so sure. what i one of the things i wrote was like it would be nice if there was like a subplot of like like what does she do when she's at graceland it's just kind of this question sure. i had and like how do i keep track of time did she do stuff like did she yeah. this is a weird like a just a random example but like did she learn the piano that would be an example of like a sure. subplot just like what does she do while Elvis is gone and I honestly can't see like like I'm I have I'm of two minds of like like as much sure. as I'm like that was not entertaining to watch I say to myself but isn't that the point like I what if she truly did not do anything when Elvis was gone and like I don't believe that's true but like you know the or the, even the even if she did is, what if yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, the point that is trying to be Please. made is like imagine being bored for and stuck in a house for 10 years, right? Yeah. And so any any kind of like evidence of like, oh, but she she did stuff while she was he was gone is like kind of counter to the point and kind of like undercuts it, I suppose. Um was, okay, here's something I will say though. Sure. I did find that um even if even if that's like fine, I did find that the characters were one note so i found that the the decision for the characters was priscilla is a victim of this kind of like situation of, of elvis kind of grooming her and he's he's got a dark side this is dark elvis <laughs> this is dark elvis and he's he's bad like like sure he can have fun and he can be kind of like charming but it is kind of like sure. something with some it's always i i felt from the from the beginning that this is someone with like a dark undercurrent like kind of like a this is not a good dude um and priscilla is like this innocent person who is just like an innocent teenage girl who's just in love with this guy and is a victim of these circumstances and like on paper like i agree that like she was probably yes yeah, she was a victim of these sure. circumstances and he was grooming her in in like a predatory way i do agree with that but i think as far as a movie goes i did find it kind of like uninteresting to have such a not a, a performance so lacking in nuance i found, not a performance just like a portrayal a how the characters are written i found to be lacking in nuance it was kind of like elvis is you know he's goofing around with the boys a lot of the time but he's mm -hmm. he just i didn't like him at any point and i don't think you're sure. supposed to and priscilla does kind of it's something that happens sometimes where when you're making a biopic with the person who it's about is alive and also executive producer on the film it's kind mm -hmm. of hard to ask really tough questions like this person who was a victim what are their flaws like did they have any flaws what you know and i think I think there's one moment where Priscilla shows a bit of flaws. She cheats on on an exam to to graduate high school, but other than that, I did find that it was just kind of like that was it. It was just girl trying to like wait around for and I just I just found that not particularly interesting. I didn't see a lot of nuance like I said. 
Um, and one other thing I'll add is that there's actually a quote from Lisa Marie Presley, the child who sure. was in the movie as an adult, who actually passed away this year. She passed away in January. Um, and but before before that, obviously, she she had a, she written an email to Sophia Coppola, uh, and she said in the email, "My only." Uh, my father only comes across as a predator and manipulative. As his daughter, I don't read this and see any of my father in this character. I don't read this and see my mother's perspective of my father. I read this and see your shockingly vengeful and contemptuous perspective, and I don't understand why. Now, I will say, like, with an asterisk, someone who was so close to that experience would not be surprising that they didn't pick up, like, predatory nature like that's your dad and your mom and it's hard to kind of like take a step back and analyze things but I think it is also important to recognize that perspective of like if that's how she perceived events maybe there's a nugget of truth to that and I felt that that nugget of of like was there love like I didn't feel that quite strongly or like was Elvis sometimes a good person I didn't see and I, and I was kind of wanting that again for more a little more nuance not not everyone is wholly evil or wholly good sure uh i mean just responding to like the daughter thing like i don't know what really happened and so i'm just no, i'm no. just watching a movie you know what i mean so like, i got i don't know like i saw that too but i was just like couldn't tell you um mm-hmm. but what i will say is i this one where actually i do just straight up disagree with you because i think that and i think that for a character to be nuanced that doesn't mean they ever have to be shown as good. I think that you they just have to have complicated motivations and feelings. Because if the movie is just trying to show a particular perspective of Elvis, and again, I don't think it's supposed to be an entire summation of him as well. I think that it does actually a very good job of it. And so, for example... There are a few things that I think are interesting. One, we're kind of held at an arm's length from Elvis in a lot of ways. It almost gives this sense that, like, Priscilla never was able to know this guy very much. And again, I don't know what actually happened, but just saying that's what is in the movie. Um, And I think that's really – that's well done in a number of ways. Like, especially in the beginning, his face is often, like, in shadow. Like, you don't really get to see him. And when she first sees him, it's not some grand reveal. He's just sitting there, and he's he's almost not identifiable as Elvis in the frame. And you have to like look us for a sec, for a second. I think that's really well done. Um, and I disagree that he doesn't have interesting motivations, though. I think that right away I was actually very gripped by like, what is going on with this guy? Like, what what am I supposed to make of him? Because I think that he is he's genuinely reeling from the loss of his mother. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. is true. And I think that he's looking for a woman to fill that spot in his life. And I think it's very interesting that he chooses a 14 year old girl. Like mm-hmm. it, like it's not, it's almost like he does want this sort of maternal role. He even talks about later, like, He's in, talking about, like, a different actor who... Oh, no, he's talking about an actress who, like, puts the job before her husband. And she's like, I just can't work... He's like, I just can't work with that. And it's like, again, like, yeah. this idea of, like, roles that he needs to fill in his life. So there's that, and I think that's really interesting. Another thing I think is really interesting about this character is that he's kind of like a vampire of her youth. 
And I think that, like, that's clearly, like, the fact that he's asking her, like, what are the kids listening to? And he's in this stage, he meets her in this stage in his life where he almost feels disconnected from his stardom. And it's almost like the reason he's able to be, like, slightly more vulnerable with this girl is because, like, the the legend of Elvis is perhaps not as uh, extravagant as it once was. And I think it's really, it's like, he's using her as a bridge to be that once again and so as long as that's true they have what seems like a somewhat decent relationship again it's gross don't get me wrong but i'm just saying in the beginning and it seems it seems like they're like they get along and like this is something like she really likes him he really likes her and i think it's really interesting that the moment he gets back and like suddenly this stardom is back and suddenly like he is this guy again and it actually is working like that changes and he's able to bury it and then i also think like we really witness a guy who's just lost and is trying to grapple on to different identities and i think that ties into a greater point the movie is making or a greater exploration the movie is making into identity in general and then i think both of these characters are people who don't really have one and like they don't really know what their identity is And so I think, like, you know, Elvis tries to, like, he gets into, like, books, but then someone tells him not to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the colonel calls him up and he says, stop that shit, and he burns all of them. And I think that that also speaks to a sort of cycle where it's like Elvis feels trapped in his own life, and I think that there's that, and I think that we see that. And so that comes out as a way of, like, trapping someone that he feels like he has power over, which is Priscilla. Um, and then I also think Priscilla has a lot of nuance to her as well, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, just in response to the Elvis stuff, you actually, I was going to say what you said right at the end, and I was like, oh man, he just, he took away. So yeah, I was going to say that. What's interesting is that just mostly based on contextual knowledge from Elvis. From Elvis. Yeah, I literally, I literally was like, thinking, I have to... while I was watching this, I was like, I'm glad I saw Elvis actually, because that yeah. actually does put a lot of this into perspective. <laughs> Yeah, which is I, almost <laughs> an issue I have with this movie is the fact that like I do have to rely on knowledge of another movie. I mean, for but for I some don't people, know you might say like you you would know like cultural knowledge, but sure. that was so long ago now that for us that's irrelevant. We don't have cultural knowledge of Elvis the thing is, in the same way. Because I saw Elvis, obviously I'm going to be thinking about it when I watch this. I don't know yeah. what comes across and what doesn't to someone who hasn't seen that movie. It's like when Dune came yeah. out and I had read the book and I was very curious as to like, how did you understand what this meant? Cause I felt like it was vague in the movie and I knew what it meant, but then other people were like, yeah, I knew what that meant. So it's like, okay. Mm. Yeah. So like, I think, I think the Colonel Tom Parker thing is a great example of something that is like so unclear in this movie. And I only I don't agree. understand uh, no, I, I, that's how I feel. And I, it's, yeah. I think it's only the fact that I saw an entire movie of Tom Hanks doing a silly <laughs> accent in a fat suit. Like, that's the only reason why I, I like, understand the Elvis perspective. It's, it's tough is what I'll say. Um, I, I think what you're, you're saying is Elvis's deal. That is intriguing to me as someone as, like, you and I are the same, but, like, Elvis and... <laughs> and Priscilla of like two people who feel like kids one of a, one of them literally a child uh, mm-hmm. who feel trapped and it's like that cycle of like Colonel Tom Parker is the puppet master of Elvis and because he, he feels like he has no control um, 
that the reason why he gravitates towards Priscilla is it's someone who he can control. He has control over this person. Um, where all the other women throwing themselves at him, he's like either like not the most important thing in, in his life or they're all the same. Like it's all the fans are just like kind of I don't know if vapid's the right word, but like they don't it's kind of one dimensional. They they only like what they think of him and I don't know. So like like I, I definitely see that and thinking back on it, I also see hints of like a man constantly trying to find his identity. But I also feel like Elvis's perspective and like what he's going through is not the focus. It's it's only like only hinted at. And I think yeah. I I did kind of find it funny and really annoying when it was intellectual philosophical Elvis. Oh, I, I like, rolled my eyes. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I also like clearly intentional. Like that's yeah. that's what she wants you to feel. Is like this man is so annoying and will not yeah. shut the fuck up. Um, but like. Yeah, I think I think my issue is like although it's it's definitely supposed to be from the perspective of Priscilla, I was kind of hoping for a little more of that like, but like think of what Elvis is going through, and I think you could do that from Priscilla's perspective, and I for me personally I just feel like there wasn't, I don't know. It's also weird to be being to say like I wanted more of Elvis's perspective, <laughs> like the guy who had an entire movie dedicated to him. Was it last year and. You know, like people like know him and his story and, and all that, but like, I don't know. That's that's kind of what I meant by nuance is like, because it is from the perspective of, of a single character and barely sways from that. Uh, it did kind of feel like uh, I didn't get like the whole situation, and, and I kind of wish I had. I guess. But I don't think the whole situation is uh, necessary. And I don't think, like, I, I just, yeah, I mean, like, this is just an agree-to-disagree thing. Like, I just think there is nuance through a perspective. I think that because we're only getting hints of him, he's actually more interesting. And it puts you in the perspective of someone who's trying to figure out what is going on with this guy. Because that's the same mm. perspective that movie pr- movie Priscilla, cause I, and I'm differentiating because I don't know the real person. But I'll just say, like, Priscilla in the movie. Like... Like, that's the same thing she's trying to do. She's trying to under... Like, I don't think she yeah. ever knows if this guy actually loves her. And, like, how mm-hmm. isolating... And, like, how like how horrible that must feel. And that ties in directly to... Again, I think Priscilla is actually a very nuanced character in this well. I don't... I don't agree that she's one note. I think that... Her perspective is very interesting. I think that she is... She doesn't necessarily have a flaw in that, like... There's this, like, screenwriter thing where it's, like, here's a list of things strong characters need. And I always hate that shit. And I think I always I always hate that shit. And one of it's, like, it's just a list of things and, like, the their fatal flaw or whatever. Maybe not their fatal flaw, but a list of whatever. And what I like about this movie is that I think it's just, like, if you're trying to do this almost, like, naturalistic perspective, I don't know how aware of her own flaws she'd necessarily be. And I also think that the flaw that is presented is that she is quite naive. And yes, she's a child, so of course, like, of course she's naive. Like, of course she doesn't quite understand. She's not dumb. The movie doesn't say she's dumb. But just because the movie is giving a reason for why she's like that, for why she doesn't quite understand what's going on and why she doesn't make very good decisions for herself, just because the movie is empathetic as to why she's doing that doesn't make it 
uh, not a flaw. You know what I mean? Like it's just mm. it's showing like a well-rounded human being. I think. Um, and yeah, I I actually, I just like I I I don't agree. <laughs> no, that's fair. What I will I'll I'll add on to this conversation with some information I I gathered from Wikipedia, our favorite mm. resource. So I, I looked up I looked up Priscilla's Wikipedia page to just see like what the movie covers and what it doesn't cover. And there were some tidbits that I found interesting that were left out of the film. Some of them make the situation look worse for Elvis, mm-hmm. and other ones kind of add some complications that are some examples of some nuance that I was like, oh, that would have that might have been interesting to, to see a bit of. So it's, it's a bit of a list, but uh, I'll try and get through this. So um, part of the agreement for bringing Priscilla over to Memphis, to Graceland, what, like moving there, part of the agreement even then was that he would eventually marry her. So like, I don't think, I don't think that was clearly stated. So I think that's really interesting. Like even then when she was like still underage, like they knew they were like marrying her off essentially. Um, While she was in Graceland for a while, she lived with Elvis's father and stepmother in a separate house uh, before eventually moving in with Elvis. Um, uh, what does that say? This is a little bit. This is one of those things that's like maybe it's fine because it's from her perspective and she might not have known. But apparently there was a morals clause in Elvis's deal with RCA, and I think I think there's like you hear like a telephone call about this that forced Elvis to marry Priscilla. He had to marry her because they saw he was like sleeping around with other people and they were gonna drop him. It because he was immoral and that was part of the contract um, there was after they got married there was a honeymoon moment of bliss I think some of this comes from her memoir that this is based on too um, she she said um, this I don't know if it's a direct quote I might have mistyped it but she said something along the lines of I loved playing house uh, like that I got to take care of them myself no maids or housekeepers and I don't think we got to see the honeymoon and so that's an example. We do of like, see a bit of that, though, of her taking a role of playing house and taking care of him. I think we do see. There's that. a part where she's literally in a maid costume, which yeah. I was like, "That's gross." Thanks, thanks. Uh, but um, yeah, so so that's an example of some nuance I would have liked. Uh, and then also the fact that she had affairs while she was with Elvis. That was a big thing that I was like, "Hold on, now what?" Um, so she had an affair with a private dance instructor. And then later, her karate instructor, who we do see portrayed is, in the film. That is also that one is, that. is insinuated, but yeah. literally you sure, see him but, in so, but, two scenes that are very but, brief montage. But scenes. Elvis's affairs are insinuated. They're not, also not confirmed in this movie. But whose perspective is the movie from? from so Priscilla's, this is what I'm saying. Is, no, no, no. Because we well, don't... No, let me that finish, doesn't mean, let me that doesn't mean we need to know everything. Okay, but this is what I'm saying is that this is kind of like a thing that complicates the issue and paints Priscilla in a different light and that's the kind of thing that I like in film is when even someone who is like clearly the victim in this scenario does things that people would say you know like they make choices that are interesting not necessarily morally bad I don't I'm not going to condemn Priscilla the movie character or the real person for having affairs because she was with Elvis for like that long and like he was being shitty but I think that's interesting. I think that's a level of nuance that they chose to take out 
And I, I'm just like, I, yeah. So you're I just, telling me she, she. I disagree all, with keep, that like, framing. Like, let, of me, it. let me finish though. Like, keep, like you, the whole point of the movie is that, not the whole point. A big point of the movie is that his infidelity, and I think a great addition to that theme is exploring that. Then that led her to her own infidelity. That's Bert, a really okay. cool character progression. His 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 infidelity. His out. infidelity itself, I don't think matters that much in this movie. It's the it matters uncert- an incredible. Amount. No, shut up. Let me finish. I was just talking. You were just talking for so long. Okay, yeah. She. It's her the uncertainty that that brings her. And I'll say this like I've kind of hinted at this earlier. I don't really care what actually happened. I don't really care. I'm looking at like what the movie is. And this is about a girl that, like, remains a girl be instead of becoming a woman. Like, she, instead of growing up and being an adult because of the circumstances she's in. And, like, sure, like, there are a million things in her life that I'm sure you could have portrayed. But I like that this is a very focused view. I disagree that it's lacking nuance because it didn't put this thing of her life in. I just fundamentally don't agree with that. I, th- I agree that it's focused, and I do generally like focus, especially in a sprawling look at a character's life. But this is the kind of thing where, you know, I was I was listening to some people discuss some biopics recently, and, and this kind of springs to mind. Um, just the idea that, like, when you're doing a biopic and you're... Or sorry, sorry, um, a, a, a documentary. When you're doing a documentary about someone, there's been a lot of them recently about... Especially, like, people who were quite big in the 90s, so, like, David Beckham... Uh, Sylvester Stallone, yeah, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I haven't watched any of them because I don't, I don't give a shit. Anyways, but um, one thing that came up was like, like throwing softballs to these people. Oh, the Beckham one is people. completely uncritical about him, but that's a doc. No, like, no, that's no, a okay, different this is, thing. Like, this, this is getting me to a point of like sure. when it's it's hard to work with someone to produce a creative endeavor and to have their full support of said creative creative endeavor while remaining critical and i feel like there are elements of that and i just feel that i feel like the priscilla movie is uncritical of and not even like like again i don't think this is a person who we need to be critical of like that's right again like the thing that i'm saying is like the fact that she had affairs is interesting to me and not a moral thing i have against her i actually i think that makes her more human and that is the issue I have, is that we are taking away layers of her complexity and her humanity. And I would have found that... And also, to make to like your point about like keeping it concise, I think it is concise in the fact that it is still from her subjective point of view, and it has to do with the themes, and that like the, the, the fact that it has to do with like her delayed um like 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 repressed childhood. I think that has to do with it. The fact that she is finding love at at a ma- more mature age, and um, I think I think what it does is it makes her seem less like a little girl. And I can see that being counter to the narrative. Like you're trying to say, like this is someone who is just a young person and who is being groomed. And I think you know the fact that then she had affairs with other people. I don't know what the age difference was then, but. I don't know. This is just something that, like, I'm just kind of, like, disappointed, I, I guess. I don't know. It, fe- it feels uncritical, like, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I'm saying it doesn't need to be critical, considering the goals of the movie. 
I don't think, and again, like to me, it doesn't matter what really happened. I don't really care. I don't really I don't, see this as Priscilla's actual life. Like, and I, but I agree with that though. I don't like. I don't care what no, happens. No, I know. Either, but I understand. I Wait, no, 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 no. You talked for so long. Okay, she no, like she does not need to. We do not need to be critical of her, and I also think that the story does not need that. Uh, I think like it's fine. My big problem with what you're saying is you're acting like things are being omitted, like th- like um, specific details of her life. But it's like, yeah, of course. And like for, on one end, like just on a realistic level, like of course things are omitted. You can't tell everything. And on another level, so it's like, of course mm-hmm. things are being yes. omitted. And then on another level, on another level, it's like it, you're framing it as an omission, but this is, I see this more as an organic growth of a character that has been written and constructed for a screenplay. And so again, like the fact that she, like it wasn't omitted that she had an affair. Cause I think this is a very different thing. This is not the same. The goals of this movie are not the same as other biopics. It's not the same as Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a, it's very bad that they omitted a bunch of things in that mm-hmm. movie because of what its goals are. Uh, it's not the same as Elvis either. It doesn't have the same goals as Elvis. This is trying to portray a specific type of experience. And I think universalize it in a sense. And so like, sure, they could do this. I don't think that makes it more or less nuanced because they didn't. Okay. Last counterpoint and then we should move on. I'll just say that I don't, I think that lumping in something like her affairs were omitted as if it's like, and then she had brunch on Tuesday and when, and you know, no, like, I'm not saying like that's, that. but like, that's like, that's like, that's like, I know you can't have everything, but that's kind of like, not only is it a big thing, it's relevant to the Elvis period and relevant to the story. And also, I honestly can't see how the character, like the fictional character you're crafting cannot have that. Like, I'm not saying sure, that they can't. I'm saying they don't it's need obviously to. A, it's a choice thing, right? So I know that I think, I think it's the fundamental disagreement that they, I, I don't think that they need to. I think they... I think it would have been more interesting if they had. I don't. Saying, I don't agree. And you disagree, and that's okay. But like, I just want to get to the point that like that's just a subjective thing, and like, whatever. Anyways, sure. Um, I just don't. I just don't think it adds nuance doing that. I don't think it subtracts. I do. So then, I just let's don't think it does. Stop it. Okay. I and okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll say other things I want to talk about. Um, in terms of like like the the affairs and stuff like that, like the public perception of people in the movie, I think is a, an interesting theme that they do talk about. Sure. Um, the like constant newspapers memorabilia posters with Jacob Elordi as Elvis's face yeah. on it. There I are some of really those where it like I was like, is that is that him or is that a real picture? I was like, that's Jacob yeah. Elordi, but like also I was like, no, there's he looks there's like some, Elvis. There were some where I was like. Oh what! Uh, like they they really got it with. I think they did specific makeup for some of those pictures because some of them were very a, similar. Maybe they did they did a face blend like all the Batman's. They did um in one or all the they did Spider-Mans they deep faked it. They deep faked Elvis one. and turned the opacity of the filter down. Do you know what I'm talking about though? No. 
when they face smash all of the Batman actors and they're like, this is the ideal Bruce Wayne. Oh, really? This is what no, Bruce Wayne actually looks like. Or this is all the Spider-Man actors face smashed. This is what Spider-Man actually looks like. It's great. Anyways, uh, what else can we say? Um, we haven't uh, really yeah. talked too much about like the... There it is. Thumbs up. I'm the thinking, thumb is haunting us again. Up. Please... Uh, if anyone out there can help, please help yeah. get it rid of the thumbs up. Uh, uh, I'll say some more like the technical stuff. I'll get to sure. Well, I I have a more I have one more thematic point, and then I think we'll get into yep. the technical stuff. Yeah, I I also just think well, this is somewhat technical, but because it ties into visual direction. But uh, the other point of visual direction I have is details, and I just really like the use of inserts to convey this idea of an identity that's being thrust upon priscilla that she doesn't know how to contend with necessarily i'm thinking specifically this happens a few times but specifically the very opening of this movie is just like it's her painted toes and then it's her putting on the like iconic eye makeup and her hair and and all of that and i think that again this idea of like a character who's struggling with her own identity but while having this identity thrust upon her I think that that's really well done both narratively and in terms of visual direction with that kind of insert with various shots here and there. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, like something I had written down after the movie was like, that Sofia Coppola is the queen of inserts. Like, yeah. I noticed that in all of her movies, she loves insert shots. And unlike, you know, your run-of-the-mill filmmaker, I would say that she takes as much care for her inserts. And that's, like, the mark of a really good director yeah. is when... They treat inserts like they matter, and they do. The water glass uh, felt, one on the piano, I was like, that's a very that interesting was really cool. perspective. That was really that, yeah. cool. Um, you know, and, and I just love her use of, like, the long lenses and the, the looks at the, like, the really small details. So, no, I yeah. definitely agree on that. Um, I liked in the cinematography what I called kid height camera. So the idea yeah. that the camera is always at her eye level, and yeah. Elvis is quite tall, and the yes. idea that we are looking up at him at all times it really gets you in that perspective and it makes him look quite domineering and like powerful yeah. in very particular scenes like always but yeah. then especially when he like that that other side of him reveals itself uh it you really feel it and it's like oh scary elvis <laughs> yeah scary elvis. and what i what i like about it as well is then finally towards the end we don't see that same shot pattern like not only mm. like like usually yeah like usually when we see um throughout the film usually when we, they're talking to each other the camera's very like it's yeah it's like always very eye level of like priscilla and it's just because we literally can't even see jacob Elordi's shoulder so it's like ho like holy fuck like this guy's a huge presence and then mm. when he she divorces him towards the end he's like sprawled on this bed and she's sitting yeah. very like upright and they're finally kind of on the same level and like she feels she feels very much above him and she feels this also that shot is very interesting to me she's kind of framed to the left like she's off centered a little bit and there's like a plant to the right and it's just very interesting it's like a non-traditional single and i think it's very interesting i don't know exactly what to make of it but i liked it mm. but yeah the, the i think like the there's very precise shot choice here yeah i think i think for the most part i agree there were a couple times where just like a conversation with I really noticed it in the beginning with Priscilla's mom. I was just like, it. there were moments that I was just like, this is more normal than the rest of it. I don't know if that's just me, but like, 
I don't know. I don't know what it was. And I like that actor, too. She's from Succession. Mm. Um, but anyways, uh, what I will talk about is the lighting, though. That was very, like, a very clear intentional choice. And I found it really interesting. Um, basically, they don't use overhead lighting at any point, like the, the lighting a house will have. Um, they would have... Actually, this is a question. I don't know... In the 1950s, they had interior lighting, right? Like, like for like ceiling yeah. lights. Yeah. I don't yeah. know when that started, so I. Yeah, you know. I think they did. But um, <laughs> but like, I was almost sure. I was just like maybe. Right. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I like the idea that it's basically only window light, and like the yeah. whole time that's what it is. It's almost, I almost, I, I, I described it as drab, but like drab with an intention yeah. and a, a nice looking drab. There's a difference. Right. I've seen right. drab movies that look drab and, and like. They're drab movies that are muddy. Drab. Yeah, and they're like bad drab. Yes, there's good drab and bad drab. Yes, uh, but yeah, no, I, I really like that. Um, my one thing was wondering, does that ever change? I I'm not sure if, if that was just a look the whole film has, or if is there ever a point where it? I don't think they ever use the overhead lighting, but is it? I don't does think it so. feel less drab at certain times? I can't remember. Well, there's sometimes there's like the LSD montage that's a little different. That was interesting. With, where they yeah. have those lights. They also have in Vegas the lighting is really interesting, like the shifting mm. neon in Nelvis's room. I think that's really fun. Um, it's also like, it's kind of there are also different qualities of light that I think differentiate it. Like Graceland is like a little bit warmer. Then Germany, for example, like Germany yes. is a bit of like a colder place. Like that's the way it's portrayed mm -hmm. anyway. Um, and I think that like rooms are kind of differentiated by the quality of light, but I do think it has this overall windowy, windowy feel. I also think this movie is very dark, which I think is really interesting. It's very shadowy. It's very, yeah. very, very shadowy. Like much of the frame is like complete shadow for a good chunk of this movie. I right. really like that. Yeah. But I had, a, I have a problem with my theater i think the brightness is too low so that uh, i was like no it's actually like dim and i cannot see i cannot see and i think <laughs> i think that's an issue of like i've i've heard this before but like i projector bulbs wear out and you need to yes. replace them and i'm pretty sure that particular theater has never replaced the bulbs mm. and like it's not that old so like i can see why they would feel they wouldn't need to but i can tell that it is an old bulb and that if I was watching this at home on my TV or on my computer, like I'd be able to like bump. Up, I, I wouldn't need to bump up the volume or the the brightness. The natural setting would be significantly better. But that's just a that's a nitpick for the presentation of it, not a Sofia Coppola issue. Sure. Production design, I thought that was really nice. Yes, very um, yeah, definitely fit, fits the drab. It's so interesting. Like it's 1950s. It's all the things you um, like link to that period like the cars and and the style but everything has been like almost like desaturated and like the vibrancy the colors mm -hmm. aren't there usually the 50s are quite bright and have like the colors really pop and i feel instead of like a baby blue they went for like a gray teal and yeah and it totally matches and i and so i really liked uh that aspect of it um yeah like production design a lot in this movie i particularly Again, like, it's funny how the way Graceland is portrayed, it's almost like we never, we almost never see the connection between rooms. Like, there's almost, there's very mm, few shots yeah. that, like, show a connection. And I think it's very interesting that, like, I mean, it's just a simple filmmaking thing. The rooms are differentiated very well, such that even if you start on a shot that doesn't show the whole room, like, you know exactly where you are. 
and like i think that that's like true regardless of where you are in the house so i think that's nice yeah um picking and choosing what i want to say for our last couple of points i'll just say this because this is completely random but i forgot to mention kaylee spaney did in fact win an award for this performance uh she won the volpe cup for best actress at um venice and i think i think that's worth mentioning i, I should have mentioned that before but i, I might have forgotten uh I think that's deserved. I think she is yeah, she's very good. the star of this movie, and I think she does a very good job. I think Jacob um, Lordy is very good in this movie, too, actually. I think he's I good, think yeah. Really good. I haven't really um, seen him in much stuff, because I haven't watched Euphoria no. and such. No, no, no. Uh, uh, I think maybe... Oh, do you have something? I see that you have editing, and I also wanted to talk about that at some point. Okay, I, did. I was actually going to skip it, but I'll let's talk about it. What do you have uh, to say? I don't have too, too much to say. I just, like... I just really like the way it chooses to hang on her in some situations and not show the rest of what's happening. I just think, like, the focus of the movie is really well-tuned via the editing. Like, it feels like we're seeing the right things at the right moments. And it's also, again, I just don't like when editing is doing too much. And I think this movie, Mm. this editing is doing what it needs to do. I think it was pretty good for the most part. There were one or two moments, though, when it caught my attention and you know for one or two moments uh, it's not like a, a pervasive issue but i thought i would just mention it there were there were at least two scenes where they decided to cut to wide and i was it took me i was like oh what why'd you do that and i think one was in a fight or something it was just there were there were two moments where where i was like oh that's strange and i wish i'd written it down but um yeah i don't yeah, that's why I was going to skip it. It, was a, it just sure. wasn't a fully formed thing. Uh, last thing maybe I'll say is... Oh, we didn't do favorite part, whatever. <laughs> do you have a favorite that's, part? We're, we're, we're past that. We're well we're past, past that part. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry for favorite part fans. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I guess I'll, to end it, I'll say... The ending to me was curious. Uh, I couldn't tell we were at the end until... It was like the end montage, and it was like, oh man, this is the end, isn't it? <laughs> like when she divorces him, I was like, oh, it's over. Oh, this is gonna be over in two minutes. And I was like, oh okay. Did you did you find that? I felt there were different points in the movie where I didn't know when it was gonna end. I could just feel that we were nearing an end, but I was like, mm. oh, okay, is it gonna end here? Is it gonna end here? But yeah, it wasn't quite until. It wasn't quite until, like, she started to, like, separate herself from him where I was like, oh, okay, like, we're, we're in the beginning of the end here. And, like, this is all kind of winding down now. Like, I, I get it now. And then I didn't know it was, like, for sure ending until until then. But I also, I do just like the abrupt nature of it. Like, I get it. It's, it like, the feeling that, the, yeah. the feeling that, like, 14 years of her life just, like, and now she's, and now she's moved on. Hmm. Like, that, like, that's just, that's so interesting to me. Like, again, like, that last shot made a very strong impression on me of her just like like breathing for the first time in all this time like so i i i really liked i liked how abrupt it was Hmm. i don't yeah maybe maybe knowing when it ends on a rewatch will that's just one of those things of like expectations Hmm. of like just when you're reviewing something you haven't seen before and it's hard to like just because you don't know what to expect sometimes and so for this mm. i was i was definitely like oh it's over i just felt i don't know if it, if unceremonious is the right word because it did feel like like it was kind of ceremonious in a way but like just the feeling of like 
I didn't feel like a good like lead up into it. It really did take me by surprise, and mm. I don't I don't know what I would have done differently in couple issues, but yeah, I just noticed that it does really just like there's a there's a, like a switching point. I think it's it happens around when he leaves and she's holding the baby and mm. she's not wearing the right the right the right hair. She's not wearing the black hair anymore. Yeah, that's. From then on, it's like that's the end, and I don't yeah. think I realized that when that happened. Oh, okay. It wasn't until and yeah, I, I think there was for me before that point, I already thought this has got to end soon, and so okay, like I when I saw it. when I saw that, I was like, oh okay, we're getting there. I actually made a point of not checking my watch. There were times I was that. like, I was like, I was like, I want to check my watch, but I won't, and mm. so like I noted that there was an issue, or again, maybe not an issue, but uh. A symptom sure uh and so yeah i it just took me by surprise anyways uh final question uh which is better elvis versus priscilla priscilla is much better priscilla uh, is a much better movie. uh i i would have to agree uh but we have a classic segment that also involves uh verse verses uh do you want to tell us about it yes so in case you haven't noticed the podcast called predator versus movies we've done the movie part now it's time to get into the predator we asked the question would this movie be better if the predator from the movie predator was in it um no 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 it wouldn't (laughs) we already have enough predators yeah who would win uh predator elvis We've skipped this question for several weeks. <laughs> I, I know. Forgetting it exists. Uh, who would win? Uh, I think Elvis would try to serenade the predator. Yeah, if they were having a rock off. Sweet music. Uh, and, he, and if the predator was underage. <laughs> yeah. I'm not making that yeah. joke. Uh, no, uh, I think the predator would kill Elvis. Good! Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe good. Maybe good. Save Priscilla. Predator would save Priscilla from Elvis. Yes. Hooray. Uh, different segment. Uh, Predator's picks. What have you yep. been up to recently? What have you been seeing uh, in answer? I have not watched much this week, uh, but I did watch The Killer because we actually we almost had to do that for today's episode because I forgot that we were watching Priscilla instead, and I did go see The Killer and almost didn't have time to see Priscilla. So I did watch The Killer in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just say, overall, I liked it. But it'll be... We're probably talking about that next week, so I won't go too much into it. Um, n- other movie I watched is one of the worst movies I've seen in a very long time, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's funny that we're... T- Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, rather. The 2010 reboot, sorry. You said um, you were going to watch that. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to watch it, but then I was with some friends, and we were uh, wanting to watch a horror movie that wasn't too crazy. And I was like, fine, mm. like, like I'll watch these. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, this movie's really bad. It's funny, we're talking about predators. They really lean into the Freddy is a pedophile angle in this movie, which is not an overstated part of the original. That is, it's <laughs> not even explicitly said in the original. It's like, you could infer that that's maybe, he's like a child murderer and the parents all burn him alive, so it's like maybe... Maybe like maybe something was going on. He's a creepy guy. They really like it's a perfect example of this era of filmmaking that I forgot happened, where everything had to be so fucking edgy. And it's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a Nightmare on Elm Street, but this time he 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 wants to have sex with the kids, and he wants to he wants to kill them oh, because. Really? 
he wants he wants to kill them because he he used to try to he was a pedophile and then he was burned alive and now he's still a pedophile to this day and it's like okay man and he has knives on his hands okay like yeah and, and he has and he has knife hands yeah this movie sucks he has knife hands although for a particular scene in nightmare on elm street 3 dream warriors he does have needles on his hands too so oh, that, but it's yeah, a, it's like a dream thing um yeah, this movie's terrible. It's horribly directed. There's no tension in any mm. scene. Uh, like, there's no... There's... Yeah, like, at no point does Freddy feel like a threat, a threatening character, like, in any... When he's when there are a bunch of chase scenes that are devoid of any feeling. Uh, this is a stupid movie. Don't watch it. This should be burned alive, much like Freddy Krueger himself. <laughs> nice. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, okay, I guess I'll do my pick. Uh, I also watched The Killer, uh, not because I thought we were doing it, um, but because I wanted to, and I wanted mm. to see it in theaters. Uh, that is half my fault, because I did say on the pod last week that we'd be doing it, but then I did no, do you know, change my mind. Do you know what made me lock in that we were doing The Killer for some reason, despite having agreed to doing Priscilla? It was because we had a conversation where we you were did. like, "Oh, have yeah. you seen have you seen the killer in theaters yet?" And I think my mind just took that as, "Oh, I need to see that for the pod." Right. But that wasn't Fair. right. Yeah. I, I can understand. Was it not that, yeah. not your fault? That is still my fault. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. that is that is why that happened. No, I I understand. Um, excited to talk about it next week, but I feel like we do have the same take on it. I feel like I talked to Peter just like asking if he wanted to be on that episode, yeah. and he does, so be excited nice. for next week. Peter's back! Uh, hopefully, I feel like a hopefully I'm not hyping <laughs> up something that doesn't end up happening, so hopefully he does in fact come, but um, but he, he even said like he heard the consensus was the same, and he's like, this is what I heard. Is this what you felt? And I was like, yeah, actually it is. Um, but like, it's an enjoyable Fincher doing what Fincher used to do. Like he's yeah. kind of like back, back to his roots, a, a fucked up guy, and it seems sort of autobiographical. And uh, I don't know, it's just like a fun Fincher. I don't think it's more than that. And I think that's kind of the succinct way of putting it. I watched after that miscongeniality. Uh, the Sandra Bullock. Uh, when did I come out? Two thousand movie. Uh, where she is an FBI agent undercover at a beauty pageant. Oh, that's the plot I, of that movie. I did not know yeah. that that's what... Oh, okay. I wasn't paying a ton of attention, but, like... <laughs> not, not like, for... Not for me, maybe. Uh, I did pick up on a lot of, like, the... Like, jokes. It is supposed to be kind of... I think, ultimately, its point is, like, women can be whatever they want, and it's kind of, like... Like, it is pro-women, but... Sure. The jokes are obviously, like, anti-women jokes, you know? Like, it's like, man, can you, like, imagine this girl loves donuts so much? She's like, just loves donuts. That's so fucking weird. And I was just, kind of, I was over it. I don't know. It's a genre that, uh, that like, the, the, it's sort of a rom-com, I think? Or, like, a, I don't know. Eh, it was fine. It was a fine movie. Sure. Uh, then I watched, like I said, the two um, uh, Sofia Coppola movies in the past two or three days so i watched virgin suicides which i think is very good um very interesting in the, its perspective like i had talked about um hidden christensen is in that movie nice uh i couldn't figure this out from letterbox but i think giovanni Rabisi is the narrator um who else uh the guy from 
Oppenheimer, the 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 one who built the collider who had glasses and was kind of like mean to Oppenheimer sometimes. They're both You're not from talking about the Berkeley. Safety, are you? No. They're from Berkeley, from California. They were teaching together in California. Oh, that fella. That fella. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him as a young boy is in it. Uh, Sparman and Girlfriend is in it. Um, some other... Anyways, I don't need to list the cast. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I watched also Marie Antoinette. Same movie as this movie, uh, but obviously a lighter tone. Uh, more like girls just want to have fun uh, kind of vibe to it. <laughs> sure. Um, those would be interesting to watch back to back to be like sure. one like very different takes on a very similar concept. Um, I know that one gets some like like n- really lame criticism of like the music is anachronistic and oh my god I can't believe she put Converse in a shot. It's like Converse weren't even invented then, and it's like that's a feature, not a flaw. I think you're yeah. not. I think you've got this twisted. That's cool. That's a cool thing she did. <laughs> um, I want to watch that one again because I think that one's like the shots are so good. There's some really like like uh, noteworthy ones in there. Um, Rip Torn is in that and he was just so funny. He's like the French king who's like mm. just like a horny guy. <laughs> He's got like like a oh, what do you call it? Like um, like someone who has an affair with. But like it's like a thing like everyone knows. She's like his con- not consort is like the concubine is sort sort of it's like his his whole his side his side piece he's got okay. his side piece and everyone everyone knows it sure. um but yeah I, I enjoyed that one that was fun uh and i think that's more or less it i guess i'm still watching better call saul i watched the first episode of season six of better call saul mm-hmm. so i'm finally in new territory because uh, yes. i had seen one through five and finally i'm catching up to stuff i hadn't seen and uh yeah it looks good Good stuff. Nice. It is nice. still good uh, at that point. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I don't think I am. Uh, yeah, so, uh, oh, I have to remember what we do after this part. <laughs> we, we talk about what's next. Next week, next week we'll probably do The Killer uh, the or killer. The Marvels. Nope. <laughs> Nope. I don't think nope. I don't think nope, nope, we nope. will do the Marvels on the pod. Yeah. I think that is something we will just skip because there's so many good movies yeah. this month, anyways. Yeah, and uh, I barely have enough. Like I don't know if I'll even see it at all. But uh, okay. if you like our thoughts on movies, uh, well, that's not the right order. If you like <laughs> us, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Pre- No, is it the same? Yeah, it's the same. Predator v Movies on both. Uh, if you like my thoughts on movies, check me out on Letterboxd at underscore alex gordon underscore i leave reviews sometimes you can also check me out on letterboxd i'm 810 sunny that's 810 s-o-n-n-y my name is wombo i also leave reviews sometimes peter doesn't have anything to plug peter has nothing to plug peter's not here which which means means that you are contractually contractually obligated obligated to to leave a five-star review review on any platform platform that you listen to the podcast podcast on. on Or and you have to do it now or die. Or, or die. Or a comment. Or die. Or comment. Or, yeah, or die. What's the other thing? Recommend die. to a friend or die. Right. You know, yeah, those, yeah, are, yeah. those are kind of your right. like, six or seven options. Yeah. Um, or dying. You can also die. That's another one. That's yeah, right. eight. Um, uh, yeah. I think that's it. Uh, so, that is it. Uh, uh, yeah. Until next week, <laughs> I'm Alex. 
I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this is Predator vs. Movies. See you later. Bye.